to learn it, you can like stop and pause. You can like watch it later. Um, uh, you can immediately pivot from that to like going to look it up on like, you know, Wikipedia or Google or whatever. Whereas like in a classroom, if I'm delivering the material, uh, if a student wants to get more clarity, there's a, there's a cadence, like they, they sort of have to wait till I at least finish a thought. And then, you know, there it's just, it's just not nearly as personalized. Right. So, you know, for Italy, I, I want us to be a part of, you know, personalized learning at scale where, you know, we have a lot of data on how students like to learn and that learning, there's a lot of learning science research. And I think Italy is one of the, first companies really try to break down how all these videos teach, you know, are they featuring more uh, elaborate explanations, visual aid. Hello and welcome to the Hazel Chapters podcast. My name is Fanisai Ram and I'm thrilled to be hosting this show. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to introduce myself. I'm currently pursuing my master's in software engineering in the Bay Area. Before that, I worked as a software engineer for four years at IBM and Walmart, building highly scalable distributed systems on cloud platforms. I always wonder how people make decisions and what influences them to choose over one or the other. I know it's a complex topic because every person's thought process is different. That's why I started this podcast, to explore the science of decision-making in technology and business. Whether you are a long-time fan or a newcomer to this topic, I hope this show will be both informative and entertaining. I'm excited to present amazing stories from entrepreneurs and industry experts every week. So, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Jonathan, for coming us here and joining the podcast of Hazel Chapters. Uh, how is your day? How is it going? I'm doing great, Dom. Happy, happy to be here. I'm actually calling in from uh, North Carolina. Uh, one of the benefits of, I think, working in 2023 is the possibility of remote work, and I have some uh, different uh, commitments out here. So, But during the week, I get to just work. So um, yeah, but happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. All right, so we can slowly get started. Um, can you share a, a bit about you and your education, uh, your first job, and how you reached today um, being a founder of Italy? Um, just about your background. Yeah. You know, when you do these calls, everyone's got their like one minute intro and it's almost rote now, but I'll, I'll just do it. Um, so, uh, you know, for everyone listening, I'm Jonathan. Um, Jonathan Ho, uh, I'm based, I'm born and raised in San Jose, California. That's, that's home for me. Um, I always start my story by saying my parents are immigrants from Vietnam. Uh, it just really solidified the importance of education and how you know, education made a big difference in my life um, personally. Uh, uh, since some folks are local, I went to Andrew Ho High School uh, and uh, you know did well, was top of my class there and that propelled me to the University of Pennsylvania. That's where I did my undergraduate studies. Uh, I studied in the Warden School there, uh, got a degree in economics slash finance. Um, and uh, 
my first job was uh, a financial analyst. So I, I did FP&A at a semiconductor company, um, uh, but it didn't take me long to figure out that wasn't quite for me. I think you know, today's podcast is about decision-making and one big criteria I use is like the deathbed test. Like, will I regret this on my deathbed? And I always wanted to teach. I always wanted to be in public service. And I realized that like my education wasn't going anywhere. I always had the option to do lots of different things. So I just quit and became a high school teacher. Uh, and turns out it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I uh, spent the next seven years teaching high school, uh, local public high schools, uh, Eastside, San Jose Unified, Mopitas, I taught math, music, and physics. So a little bit of everything. I learned a lot about the way kids learn and about the education system. And I was sort of on my on track to becoming a school administrator or assistant principal. I got my principal's license um, and um, you know, was doing that when my co-founder uh, and friend from college, Jackson, reached out to me with this idea for Italy. I just thought huge potential for scale and impact. And it just felt kind of right because my backgrounds in business and education were sort of converging. Um, and I thought, uh, I also have a teaching license that isn't going anywhere and I can afford to take this risk. So um, I finished up teaching. I've been working uh, full-time at Italy since uh, the middle of last year. Um, and yeah, my, my title is chief academic officer, which means, you know, we want this app to be fun and everything, but my job I think is to make sure that it actually helps educate um, students and, and learners. So it's a little bit about my background, how I got to where I am. Awesome. Uh, you have a lot of experience uh, dealing with, uh, I mean, educating children and, and of course, different aspects, like not just uh, one mathematics. Uh, so I think what what did you observe in children? And, and first of all, like what kind of uh, age um, children are going to be in your class and uh, uh, and whom did you teach um, children age, age I mean different ages of children sure so during my seven years in the classroom I taught in all public high schools so you know grades nine through 12 so ages you know mm -hmm. I guess 13 to 18 um, and you know in the schools that taught that they were all title one schools in the, in the South Bay area which means you know there was um a significant population of students from a low socioeconomic background. So definitely uh, saw uh, my share of challenges that kids face in and out of the classroom. Uh, lots of students where their parents are immigrants or lots of students where uh, English wasn't their first language. So, I mean, I think what I observed, what I sort of believe to be true is uh, every kid needs to feel like they're, they have an adult that cares about them and uh, you know, as hard as I worked, you know, I wasn't necessarily that adult for every kid. And I, I think it's kind of impossible to be that adult. I mean, some kids just aren't going to resonate with you for whatever reason. Sometimes they want someone that looks like them in front of the classroom. Sometimes they're just not into a particular lesson or subject area. So, you know, my thought is with ed tech, you know, you have a higher chance of you know, catching that student and introducing something, introducing them to something or someone or some idea that will inspire them to learn. Um, we could talk for the next six hours on like student motivation. It's such a hard thing to understand or, or crack. Uh, and, you know, I guess during my teacher journey, I uncovered a lot of the, you know, you can call it 
privilege or lack of privilege and some of the bias I have in what I think about school. I mean, I, I came from a place where I saw school as my only way out. So I worked extremely hard, but um, a lot of students don't have that perspective for good reason. So, you know, how do you work with diverse viewpoints is definitely, you know, one of the things I, I like to think about a lot these days. Awesome. Got it. Definitely um, talking with children is not an easy thing. And you have it, you have done it for almost seven years. Uh, that's really great. And one, one follow up question is, um, I think, as I said, like every child needs to know that there is someone who cares about them. And, uh, and of course, when we include that with the technology, uh, what kind of, uh, you know, did you see kids are more interested in learning something using a technology or just um, learning something. For example, if I'm, if, if a teacher is in the class and they're trying to teach something without any uh, visual representations, are they, are they focused to learn or is it something if they can see something or if they can feel something, is it more interactive to them, uh, which makes them to learn and, you know, make, maybe it, 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 it rises a curiosity inside their minds. How, how does it work in the, in the teaching style? Uh, how did you apply those? It's a lot of questions. So I'm, I'm going to try to take it uh, one at a time, sure. but uh, I mean, I think there's the social emotional learning and then the academic learning. So, the, having an adult that cares about them is social emotional learning. And there are lots of organizations and companies trying to solve that problem. I mean, there's a lot of interesting um, work being done around learning pods. So you can learn however you want to learn online, asynchronously at home, but we're going to create physical spaces for you to come in and still learn those social skills and engage with good adult role models. So not really Italy's area. Um, uh, I think we try to make uh, academic knowledge or just things you need to physical, sorry, not physical, like actual facts you need to learn more real. Um, and one way we do that is to, to lean into a, a, a format that kids like. So, I mean, one of the early pitches for, you know, Italy was like, you know, here's the classroom 50 years ago picture and here's the classroom now. And the main difference is kids have this supercomputer in their pockets and, um, you know, for me as a teacher, it doesn't really matter how good of a lesson I put. There are some days where just kids are going to be super drawn. They're very addicted to their devices and they're engaging with a lot of content on TikTok and YouTube. And there's a lot of content on TikTok and YouTube you can learn, but the moment you learn it, unless you train your algorithm, like it's, it's designed for distraction. It's you know, designed for passive viewing. So it, you know, here's a cool chemical reaction, but now there's like cat video, Avengers, woodworking. It's not, it's not really built around um, education. Uh, I do see students get inspired because, you know, sometimes these videos feature influencers or very uh, current and relevant uh, context for the information they want to learn. Um, and, uh, you know, when you have uh, a, like a video that you can play on your phone that you just have a lot more control as a learner you can like stop and pause you can like watch it later um uh you can like, immediately pivot from that to like going to look it up on like you know wikipedia or google or whatever whereas like in a classroom if i'm delivering material uh if a student wants to get more clarity there's a there's a cadence like they, they sort of have to wait to at least finish a thought and then you know, it's just, it's just not nearly as personalized, right? So, you know, for Italy, I, I want us to be a part of, you know, 
personalized learning at scale, where you know we have a lot of data on how students like to learn, and that learning there's a lot of learning science research, and I think Italy is one of the first companies to really try to break down how all these videos teach. You know, are they featuring more uh, elaborate explanations, visual aids, demos, whatever it is, and then you know by marrying the student learning data with like the video teaching data, we can create um, better personalized learning experiences. Awesome. Awesome. There are a lot of insightful points uh, in what you just said. And um, how did you land into this uh, Edily, right? So because definitely nowadays, nowadays, every kid has a supercomputer in their hands, right? So I think that's a one brilliant way to convert the i don't know maybe uh the dopamine of uh you know going through the uh these content into a more of educational um perspective why this would work out for a children so what kind of uh vision do you have uh for having this ideally learning uh going more and more into the uh kids educational uh career um, I think, you know, a, a misconception behind tech and AI is it's going to replace jobs or fundamentally change a lot of the structures we, we've interacted with for, for a long time. But I, I, I do think that, like, Italy's not going to do that. Italy is going to greatly augment students' individual abilities to learn and teachers' ability to teach. It's a great tool. Um, what was your question again? What's kind of uh, vision uh, you're anticipating for children's, you know, education or maybe learning path? I, I think we're going to be a part of the conversation of how do we, how do we personalize learning for every student? I mean, I think the vision for education, uh, you know, in 50 years is that we're not stuck in the same factory model where all kids are in these groups of, you know, 25 to 30 in classrooms stuck on the same, you know, rigid curriculum, like, it's it's unrealistic to think that every kid needs one year to learn eighth grade math. That's just not <laughs> true. Like you, yeah. you such varying speeds for some students, it comes easier for some students they need more support, right? So I think uh, Adderley is gonna be a, a part of being able to provide a lot of that content in a way that, you know, Gen Z, this current generation likes, and, it, and you know, it's broken down into short videos and that, students can do more uh, learning independently. So, uh, you know, the vision is to be a place where, you know, the best educational, well, user-generated educational content lives and it's organized for learning and, you know, the best uh, educational content creators reach the most students and are properly rewarded for doing so. Uh, kids, will, there will also be features where learners, users, whatever you want to call them, um, uh, are able to, you know, indicate, here's what I want to learn about, here's how I like to learn. And now there's a sort of a personalized learning journey for me to go on to accomplish my goal. Got it. Awesome. So in, currently, are you focusing any, you know, one aspect of the learning path, for example, mathematics or science, uh, how you are trying to, you know, have this, you know, like go to market fit right so how are you deciding whether are you focusing right now on mathematics or science or what kind of content you're focusing or just more generalized version 
uh, in terms of like the, the product roadmap, I, I definitely have to uh, shape this answer a little bit differently between who, depending on who's talking. So uh, if you checked out our app last year, we started with chemistry. We started with chemistry because chemistry is hard. There's lots of existing content, lots of very visual content on chemistry. And we got some early partnerships with some, some chemistry content creators who you know, validated the fact that this, this type of app should exist. Um, so, you know, we started with a core academic subject and piloted in a few classrooms. Uh, within the pilots, you know, we learned that the, the kids, you know, liked it. Um, and there was some use, but I mean, teachers and students varied greatly in how they use it. Some was in class, out of class, synchronous, asynchronous, uh, supplemental tool, uh, classroom activity. Um, uh, but once they were done with whatever they were doing, there wasn't really a reason for a lot of the kids to stay on because you know, the number of kids who are intrinsically motivated to do chemistry is, is just not that high, right? It's a, uh, so, you know, when we asked kids what they want to learn about, they told us, well, business and money. And uh, in, in response to that, we, we built out um, entrepreneurship and financial literacy courses. So, you know, we started with a core subject. Now we're getting into this world of like life skills slash elective. The, the goal ultimately is to have every subject on there, whatever you want to learn about. We've, we've have some subject matter expert who's organized the, the content on, on there. And, you know, we have a, a good library of content for you to learn whatever it is you want to learn. Um, but uh, early on, we're certainly picking the subjects that we believe will help us learn the most and help us grow the fastest. So we, we learned quite a bit last year with a academic subject like chemistry, and now we're really eager to see what happens, you know, with subjects like entrepreneurship and financial literacy, where one, kids don't necessarily get a lot of that in their traditional schooling, and two, they're, they're a little bit more intrinsically motivated to learn about this than they would uh, chemistry. Awesome. I'm completely in shock when you got that, um, you know, when you asked the children what they want to learn and if and they told this business and financial thing, because that's completely makes sense, right? Because teaching that kind of uh, knowledge right from uh, the age of their, age of that particular age, it helps them to uh, you know navigate financial decisions in the later on their uh, life, right? Uh, and I'm quite surprised to see that children are interested in this particular subject, right? Um, yeah, that makes so much sense. Okay, now, uh, what is the challenge that you and your team is currently working on? Or and and uh, and since I have met you in one of the competitions, and what are the competitions you have uh, attended already? And um, what is the challenge that your team is currently working on? Uh, I think just moving forward trying to you know prepare for a public launch is very challenging and you know, we're always trying to talk to more creators and partners uh and you know we're trying to you know we, we were lucky to win some non-dilutive grants and get some angel funding so we're trying to use that to invest in the uh the right team members who will help us uh take this forward so i mean we are definitely uh trying to uh hire slow so they say you know fire fast and hire slow so we're taking our time to try to find the the right person who will enable us to push features a lot faster um i mean and that's all you know pushing towards probably uh, this, this is a a venture this this is a venture investable business like we need venture capital in order to scale 
So there's all the you know benchmarks and criteria you need to meet in order to you know get venture capitalists to even be interested in what you're building. Um, so I think that's the you know main challenge in terms of competitions and programs. And we're not doing so many competitions per se. I mean we're always applying for grants and but uh, in addition to the San Jose State uh, Incubator Program, we're also in the Santa Clara Accelerator Program. And we just got admitted to the uh, Santa Cruz Accelerator Program as well. So I'm definitely trying to use a lot of the local resources that will help the company, um, you know, uh, meet people, meet strategic people who can, can add value. Um, and I, I, uh, I sort of see them as a, a way, as a forcing function to get me to remember to think about uh, a lot a, a wide variety of issues because certainly when you're in building mode, you can get very tunnel vision uh, to just focus on one thing. And there's always uh, several things that are important. Awesome. Awesome. That's so inspiring to know that um, being a teacher for seven years and then you started into this and you're so much invested um, that I can see. And uh, okay. So we are almost at the end of the episode. So one last question is, what is your favorite day in the week and why? Oh, wow. That's a <laughs> interesting note to get close to the end with. Um, I don't know that. <laughs> I, I don't know that I have one that I have like a strong feeling about, but I, I like Friday. I mean, I think there's hmm. something very, um, you know, sometimes people, especially if, you know, you, you have the kind of work where there's, uh, breaks are good i mean that, that, that's why the modern work week was established the way it is i know a lot of folks out there work on weekends uh, i and i also work on weekends sometimes but it, it is it's just it's a different mode so getting into the weekend is nice because i feel like there's a an energy and i get to i usually have you know something to look forward to uh on the two days that are not solely focused on work um but I think you know a, a big thing with my decision-making process in general is like, will I regret this on my deathbed, which I mentioned earlier. And I try to, you know, lead my life in a career in such a way that you know every day is a gift and I can be present. And um, yeah, I mean, in that sense, if, if if you're dreading the day of the week, then I would encourage you to, you know, look at all the choices and opportunities. Uh, that you have um, and the choices you've made and then see, you know, what, what can you do to make, you know, your daily life uh, enjoyable so that you don't really have a favorite day. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Jonathan, uh, for joining us with the Hazel chapters and sharing the story. I'm pretty sure and really interested in uh, learning more and more about this Adelie learning and the journey that you and your team is going through. And once again, thank you so much for initiating such um, really required. It's, I, I felt it's like a need of the hour, uh, not just kids. Uh, even I'm interested to you know, learn everyday new things instead of you know, just randomly watching some cat videos on Reels and uh, TikTok. So yeah, it's definitely helpful for every one of us. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the Hazel Chapters podcast. 
I hope you have enjoyed listening and learned something new about the science of decision making in technology and business. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's content, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback is valuable to me and helps me improve the show. If you have any suggestions or feedback for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to me on my LinkedIn that you can find in the episode's description. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of the Hazel Chapters community. Until next time, remember, you are always one decision away from a totally different life.